All right, you bunch of yahoos, strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. And welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. We are here to entertain, offend, and defend anybody and everybody we choose to. We are a couple of crotchety old farts that have a bad habit of speaking the truth. Nothing but the truth. But shall it set us free? Well, we'll see about that. But we don't. We won't let a few facts get in the way of a good story either. We believe in America and Americans. If it isn't, uh, if it isn't for you, well, then I suggest you change the channel now. We still believe in freedom of speech, and we'll rub your face into the cow pie of reality. We will make you. Uh, let's see. We will make you scratch your head or scratch your ass. Hopefully not at the same time. And without further ado. My cohort and crime, none other than the man of men, Don the Predator Fry, and his trustworthy sidekick, Dan the B Severn. Oh, there you go. I've been working on that a little bit more. I've added a little <laughs> bit more, you know, poetry to it all. Trustworthy sidekick Quinn. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Well, yeah, but you know, Quinn Quinn is is always gonna be your trusty companion as long as you have. A treat in your pocket. Quinn you know? fell, she fell asleep halfway through your introduction. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Critics. Critics. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, sir. At least she was a passing gas, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, introduce our guest here today, there, Don, just so everyone knows who we're, we're, we're talking with. And uh, I got to turn up my snooze here. Well, we got a good friend of mine, Jason. Jason's from Oklahoma City, and I can tell you his last name, but like him, I got a brain fart, and I can't remember. Jason, I can't remember your last name. Jason Price. That's right, Price. Price is right. We threw away, we, we threw around so many names there before we started the show. I know we did. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I forgot my own damn name. <laughs> I couldn't think of a name to my life five minutes ago. I know. Don, just look in the mirror every now and then, Don, and, and choose the top name on your T-shirt, okay? Yeah, oh, just to give you a clue. There you yeah, go. That's the reason I wear it, you know? But right. I get pulled over by police, I give them the bottom name. So, so Don... Tell us a little bit about Jason right there. What's what what's what's it? Why should people be tuning into Toxic Masculinity tonight? How are we going to in, enlighten them into uh, of worldly events, uh, into common sense, or what are we looking for? Uh, Jason, well, we know you for about, about a decade. Yeah, coming up on a decade. Yeah, and um, Jason, and I met at, at, a, at a fight event, and. Um, we just been bullshitting with each other ever since. And uh, yeah. Jason is cerebral palsy. He's wheelchair bound. And uh, he helps people who, who are disabled get off of Social Security and make a living for themselves and be independent. Oh, fantastic. He come up with his own system that uh, the government wasn't able to come up with. And uh, he, he makes people, he makes people happy about themselves by being able to get out there and make a living and be independent. So Jason, yeah. by what Don just said right there, Don is saying that you are actually more intelligent than our government. 
I mean, that is hard to believe when you think our that's, government. Oh, come on. That's leader, not a high. That's not a high. The, the, every, night I, every night I listen to our government and I'm. I think I have a tendency of scratching my ass a lot while I'm watching the news anymore because I'll be going, I don't think these guys know. I have a clue what they're doing anymore. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of double-edged sword with these government programs. So I wanted to have a program in which it motivated people to work instead of living on a government check. So, oh my gosh, that, I, I think I we should do a podcast on that. I think we should do a podcast on it every day because we have nothing but a bunch of uh, hind tick, uh, tit suckers here anymore. Because you know, got to get off the, got to get off this government cheese. Got to make people independent, That's, stand up, right. and become their own person anymore. Man, I totally agree. Work is something that uh, pays you in more ways than just a check. It also gives you a motivation to live. It gives you a, a, a reason to fight, a reason to get up in the morning. And too many people rely on that government check and they and they lose out on that chance to get their little piece of the American dream. Yeah, it gives you some self-independence. Yeah, self-independence, pride. I'm sorry. Right. right. Where'd you get that shirt, boy? Um, UFC.com. <laughs> See this old school logo? It's an old one, yeah. That's an old one. You know, if I could tell a quick UFC story, my first UFC, I was front row UFC four. Oh, you are old. The You're debut old. of the debut of Dan the Beast Seven. Uh -oh. I was there. Uh oh. And I saw him throw uh Who's the, what's the little guy? That you it, it, his name is Anthony Macias. Anthony I mean, he, he, a, a great guy, Anthony Macias, yes. Yeah, you, you were in junior high then, weren't you there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was in, I was in college. Was a, we drove up to Tulsa to watch Dan, and uh, and it was amazing because we all thought Hoist was going to walk through everyone. And it didn't quite go that way. <laughs> so good no, that job, was, Dan. That was very exciting. Yeah, Dan kicked him out of the tournament situation, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I first well, started to, to learn uh BJJ is not what it's all what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, well it, it just shows you 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 have to be definitely uh, versatile when you step in there, especially after sport has evolved. I mean a, a lot of people they like watching the 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 previous uh ufcs because it, it, there was a lot of style versus style people were wearing uh judo geese bjj geese they were wearing one glove one boxy glove i mean there was all kinds of unique things that that people were seeing for the first time ever i mean for example i mean uh jason they allowed me to wear amateur wrestling shoes I, I when i asked them, I said, well can i wear amateur wrestling shoes or like going well you can't kick or stop i'm thinking well, I don't kick or stop anyway, so what did I lose? <laughs> Nothing. But, but I had good traction on, on, on that uh, the flowing there because you know you get a little bit water sweat on yeah. uh, on that lino, uh, you know that uh, the, the soft uh, like mat type of uh, surface. Plastic, yeah. You could easy you could easily just slip all over the place. So did, I looked at it as common sense. Did the Gracie family uh, protest with your wrestling background being in the tournament? Before it started, were they unhappy that you were well, in it? I'll, I'll just say that uh, 
you know, so when you look at some of the, the realities, I mean, yeah, Art Davey was the brainchild of the whole of the whole Ultimate Fighting Championship in first base. He was a businessman. He had heard about the Gracie Challenge. So basically, he ended up contacting Horia Gracie and making him a part of the company uh, to where they, they were, you know, they were doing this, this again, this crazy no-holds-barred event. Because again, the, what people watch today, mixed martial arts, has either 47 or 49 rules to, to it today. Wow. Whereas back back then, yeah. it had just those two rules that Don was talking about a little bit earlier, no biting, no eye gouging. And even then, they were not grounds for disqualification. There are more guidelines. Like, like the pirates yeah. said, more uh, guidelines and rules. You know. Yeah, slap your head. Oh, give him his eyeball back and, uh, you know, don't do that again. Something like that. You know? Yeah, I'll warn you next time. <laughs> yes. I, I always heard that the UFC 4 pay-per-view went off the air. Of course, I didn't know that because I was at the event. Now, that was number seven, right? When uh, Marco Huas won and um, he, he fought Paul Varlins and that one, uh, Paul, you know, stayed there. He kept getting kicked in the leg. And uh, so it, it went off the air during the fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, the, you, you're, you're right, though, Jason. See, UFC 4 did go off the air as well because. Oh, uh, again, unbeknown to me, I, I I I got the story after afterwards. They're like going, the time is clicking down, and they're realizing that they're they're running out of pay per view time, and uh, they were uh, they were they, they didn't know really what to do at that point. Uh, they but you know they just kind of changed kind of close towards the end right there, and uh, you know just say that they had to put in time constraints because it's a live production. You know, it, it's a well-oiled machine now because they do all these interviews or they might have training footage of Don Fry out there hitting the bag, kicking grapplers, stuff like that. Right. So they can always go back to, you know, they always had filler material now. They did not have filler material way back then. It was uh, when you had, uh, uh, gosh, you had Kathy Long and I think uh, you had the Superfoot uh, Bill Wallace were a couple Bill of the people Wallace. on there. And then and, and Jim Brown. Yeah, the, Jim Brown. Yeah, I was gonna say Brown, people. Yeah. People were lost at that point, time because there was no filler to go back into. They're kind of going, "Wow, uh, did anybody uh, find that person's, uh, you know, a, a tooth that got kicked? You know, the guy just got kicked in the face. Did anyone find that tooth yet? I mean, they literally were lost. But it, it's a uh -huh. well-oiled machine now. They have all kinds of filler back type of stuff. So it, it, a match could be a main event could be slated for five five-minute rounds. But knowing that if it gets done in the first 15 seconds, poof, they've got all kinds of filler that they can go into. How, how much of that, how much of that triangle was exhaustion versus the triangle itself? Well, uh, Jason, you may or may not like the, what, what I'm about to, to say about that. Turn that damn bone off, Severin. Now unprofessional <laughs> are you? Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'm trying to be a professional. I got to turn, turn the volume down here again. Yeah, but I'm you probably don't even have shoes or pants on either. <laughs> well, all I need is a T-shirt. That's all I need to see here now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, answer my question. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, who who says we need to do, have pants on in order to do a podcast? Come on now, you know that's the, cool. that's one of the beauties, Jason. That's one of the beauties about working from remote areas here now, right? Nobody yell fire. Nobody yell fire. We don't want to. Say <laughs> that. So what were you saying about the triangle? No, I, 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 that because you know if you go if anyone goes back to Mississippi, just watches that whole again. That's the eight man tournament. 
In that tournament, my first two opponents, I did not throw a single strike. I mean, literally, I just did all grappling type of things. And then even in my third match, I was doing all grappling type of things to where Jason, I only trained for five days, an hour and a half a day, and I walked (laughs) into the world of of no holds barred. I did not practice a single strike. I did not practice a single legit submission. I had Al Snow, the professional wrestler Al Snow, and and a couple of his other professionals and protégés inside of a professional wrestling ring. So I wasn't training inside of a cage. I trained inside of a professional wrestling ring. So at least I had some kind of a confine type of uh, status. They tried to punch, kick, do whatever they could do. I don't like to be punched or kicked. So I kept moving around, move around. Then would either clinch them, jam them up against the, the ropes or simply take them on down. And once I did one of those three things, I realized I neutralized 90 plus percent of their capability. So I kept... It literally, that theory I came up with back in 1992, uh, yeah, excuse me, 1994, that theory still holds true to this day because a striker, and I don't care how good of a striker you are, you get one chance to strike that that uh, grappler. Totally agree. And once that, that's missed and that grappler does get to that clinch, takedown, or jammed up against the cage wall, it's still, they've neutralized 90 plus percent. You, you Very few athletes or coaches, I should say coaches, are teaching close quarter combatives, clinches, clinch work. That's again, that's for people like Don, when, when Don came along, Don was probably the most complete fighter because he was a wrestler first. Oh, yeah. And then he had a boxing background, so then he could use his hands in that, you know? I'm a judo. I thought you, here, judo. I thought but, you were going to slip out the back of that triangle. I remember thinking mm-hmm. I thought that you were about to slip out of that triangle attempt at the end of that horse crazy match. I, what what I tell people there, Jason, is fact is, I I tapped. Sure, I tapped, right. but did I tap because someone beat me, or did yeah. I tap, or did I tap because I was unwilling to do what I had to do to another human being? So I tell people, you saw Dan Severn at UFC four, you yeah. saw the you saw the Beast at UFC number five because for UFC five I took oh, out thirty, I, I took out thirty two days of my life. And I trained to be a no-holds-barred competitor. I mean, literally, I was desensitized. I, I left my family behind. I I lived by myself. I, I ate by myself. And, I mean, a lot of training was just one after the next after the next. And, and it's uh, eventually, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Don and I will have a gentleman on there by the name of uh, Todd Prince. and he Because he was privileged to a lot of the workouts that I went to. And and he'll, he'll tell the story better than what I ever did. Because there would be, sometimes there would be, uh, eight different guys lined up on, on one side and I would go through one until they got exhausted. Then I'd go to the next one and then to the next one to where my cardiovascular was off the hook for the, for the couple, um, again, for the couple of training camps that I did do. Yeah. That's the, that's the way the beast was born. Is that when uh, Don came into the, were you cornering him then Don? Were you in his corner? Yeah. D- Don was, I think at the, at the, ultimate, um, ultimate one. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was, so, a, yeah, that, I was a water boy and t-shirt boy. Yep. <laughs> well, I was a, I was a UFC fan from UFC four on. I still watched all the way through your career, Don's career, all the way up into the current now. And that's how we got. Now. 
Yeah, that's how we got Dan um, jacked up and ready to fight for the ultimate ultimate is we were throwing T-shirts away for free on the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Well, that pissed me, pissed me right off. Yeah. Oh, man. He's cringing every time. Every time we whoop it out to the air, he cringe and roar, you know. So yeah. he's ready to kill. Well, well, well Jason, guys, let's let, let's turn things back to you here right now. Yeah, I, I tell you, you it was, growing up in, in Oklahoma, I grew up on a farm, and my dad was a pipe welder. Yeah. And I watched him get up in the morning, 4.35 a.m., and go off to to some, you know, far off town and weld on the pipeline all day. So I think that, say this, the number one thing a person needs is an example of work. And my dad showed me an example of work. And he also didn't let me have an excuse not to work. Even though I can't use my left hand very well and I can't use my legs, I was still expected to work. So what I try to do in my program is give people an expectation of work because they may not have ever had that before. You know, I've run into people, uh, guys that are, where their whole family is on government benefits. The whole family's on them. Mom and dad, children, you know, so you have to break that mindset of learned helplessness because the government wants you dependent on them. They want you in that cycle of, we're gonna take care of you, this checks all you need. When I tell people, you can do so much more if you have something we call want to, but you got to have some want to. Can, can, I, can I interrupt you for one second there, though, Jason? Sure. At a point, because would you say that the government wants us to be dependent upon them? Do you think that's the good government that's saying it, or do you think that's the bad government that's saying it? In my opinion, it? it's the bad government. Okay. Because again, I'm, again, I'm not here. I'm not here to be play parties. To me, I, I agree with what you're saying. You want to have self worth. You want to go to work. You want to know that you've earned something. You you want to have that right. kind of pride stuff like that. Right. You the government. Now I got to tell you guys up front. I'm a hardcore Trump supporter, so you know where I'm Me at too, on politics. Boy. Me too, boy. <laughs> but uh, but the, the mindset of of the government puts out there so much is uh, what I call learned helplessness. So they teach you to be helpless. You know, hey, you're disabled. Don't try to work. Here's a check. This is all you need, 500 bucks a month, 1,000 bucks a month. And I tell people, how? what if you were could double that check or triple that check by your own work, by your own skill? And so we train people in Oklahoma. Ironically, my program is in the state of Oklahoma system, but we don't do things in that DC left-wing mindset. We, I'm in the, you don't know what business I'm in? I'm in the business of creating taxpayers, creating taxpayers, That's taking great. people that were tax burdens and making them tax assets. And there's nothing like it. And, and it's a reward that will allow them to go forward and have a full life. Look at me, I'm quadriplegic, I'm in a wheelchair, but I have two boys. I have I had two boys. I've been divorced twice. I I have, you know, I've I've lived life. 
So, so I want everyone to have a shot at the American dream. Well, you know, I'm tired of hearing about a country where everybody wants equity of outcome, but they don't want equity of effort. You yeah, can't no, have I get equity I, I, of outcome without equity of effort. I, I totally agree with what you're saying to Jason. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if our government wants us to be dependent upon them, how are they going to finance all this? They would rather, they're go, they have to tax the people. So they'd rather be taxing people who are working. So it's, uh, you know, I think that, uh, exactly. I, think, I think both parties should be engaging your program right now because, you know, uh, the government isn't taking money out of their wallet to pay all these other programs. They're taking the money out of those who are working. Exactly. Why do you oh. think they hired 60,000 new IRS agents? Right. 80,000. <laughs> 80, yeah. 80,000. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. 80,000. It's unbelievable. You know how many people they're going to have to attack in order to, you know, make that worth it? You know, pay them. Yeah. Back. And let me say this too. Here's the deal with regard to Social Security disability. If you need a lawyer to get on disability, this is controversial. But talk to Master is where I'm at. If you need a lawyer to get on disability, then you don't need to be on disability. And we got too many people on disability that could be working. Yes. And I'm out there to get them working. A buddy of mine, he owns an insurance um, company, a big company, not just a just you know personal guy. But he says the government will give you just enough money to survive. Yeah, you know? and if you and to keep you from going out and getting a job, because if you get a job, then they'll take away that that thousand dollars a month. They sure will. You know, uh, and even if you only make you know three hundred dollars more, but yeah, you get to live off of twelve thousand dollars a year, and that's it. And so that's why a lot of people are stuck at home, you know, watching TV all day long because they can't afford gas, you know, and food, everything else. So they're just they're yeah. captive. They're held captive. We're in the critical time in America where we have to find that American effort, that American strength, that American belief again, because it's it's dying. It's dying in America right now, and we have to change that. Where what what uh, what's the name of your program, Jason? What's the name of your program, and, and how can people get touch touch with you that are yeah. well, you know maybe. Uh, I'll tell you, my I have a team of counselors that work for me, Social okay. Security Work Incentive Counselors, and what we do is with, they go out around the state of Oklahoma and they they counsel with people on Social Security benefits and help them be motivated to work and help them navigate the barriers they face in getting towards work, whether it be getting training, getting uh, uh, understanding the Social Security propaganda, wherever they need to get them from where they are into the independent mindset they need. So so uh, my program is called um, Oklahoma Benefit Planning Service. So what we do is we go out and we talk to these beneficiaries and we incentivize them to work through the Oklahoma Department of Rehab Services. And I got to thank them for letting me do this because when I came up with the idea, 
in 2006, 2005, nobody was even thinking about this. And, and we've had so much success. We get, we get on average about 300 people completely off benefits every year. And I've been invited to DC. We've been copied in other states. I've given speeches all over the country about this because nobody's taking the time to say, hey, the people who are on disability benefits, yes, they're severely disabled, but if they want to work, there's a way as long as they bring the want to. Yeah, there's there's a job for everybody as far as I'm concerned, but, but you hit the nail on the head. They have to want to do this in the first place. You know, I, we talked before the podcast started about my brother-in-law that wrestled Oklahoma State, and he used to do seminars at my son's wrestling school, my little son, Ethan. And uh, one time Ethan asked him, Uncle Charles, how do you, what's the secret to hit his, hitting a stand-up? every time and Charles said the secret to him to stand up is want to <laughs> and so that's the same thing if you don't want somebody to hold you down don't let them hold you down <laughs> yeah you, know? you have you have to have that spirit inside of you you know that that, oh. that can't do spirit otherwise oh. you, you, you won't be a success at anything and I was told from early on by my dad that a man that won't work ain't worth a pinch of shit. That's what they had to quote. <laughs> so I was, be, I was never going to be a man that wouldn't work. <laughs> so that's, that's how I grew up. And I'm trying to bring that. I think, that's, I think that's a new t-shirt design right there, Dodd. Right there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I'd, I'd be happy to, to hear that. That's just quote. One of, one of many. So. Well, J Jason, let me ask you a question right now. Again, I, I'm going to kind of pry it. Again, it's none of my business, but were you born with like uh, uh, a cerebral palsy or, or what, what, what? I'm glad you said that, Dan. Uh, I don't know if it was an accident or if you're born or, or what. So I, I, again, I hate to pry. Was, but... uh, my, I was born prematurely. Okay. I was born in June instead of September. Oh, wow. And I only weighed a pound and a half or so. And so uh, this is 1974, and the modern neonatal medicine was not what it is now. So they had an incubator and they put me in there. But sometime after I was born, and between checks on me, I quit breathing. And the time without breathing caused damage to the part of my brain that controls my left hand, my legs, my speech, and a few things like that. So that's how I got it. Cerebral palsy is an injury. So it, it doesn't get worse or better. It just, it just, it, it is how it is. So I was, I was born like that. So you're born prematurely and you said you only weighed about a pound and a half? Yeah, my dad can hold me in the palm of his hand. Wow. Yeah, it, I, it was I, very, uh, very tumultuous time. But, uh, and, and, you know, I'm gonna fast forward about five years you know, Don brought up Norman for the podcast. When in Norman, Oklahoma, they had a place called the J.D. McCarty Center for Kids with Cerebral Palsy. And they take you there to evaluate you. And when, when you're around five years old, well, they took me there and they evaluated me, put me through all these things. And and I, I heard the doctor pull my mom out of the room. And I heard the doctor tell my mom, he's never going to work. He's never going to live on his own. You're going to be caring for him your whole life. 
And I remember thinking as a small child, I don't know what I'm going to turn out to be, but I'm going to prove that son of a bitch wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, how old were you then? I miss Between five and seven, somewhere in there. Wow. That I was... still remember that. I still remember that. <laughs> well, but pe people just can't believe the human spirit. I mean, that's a... I talk about that all the time about the attitude that a person has. I mean, some people just have bad attitudes, and and they're they're never really going to uh, accomplish anything. But if you've got that positive, right type of attitude, that I will not be, I will not be held down, I will not be left behind. You'll persevere. You just just that attitude alone. You know. I always so. say you can look for a way in, or you can look for a way out. And I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way in. So, I mean, what was like? The, okay, what was one of the first things that you did with your company right there? I mean, you 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 got this opportunity now that you you, you approach uh, well, you know the the Oklahoma benefits and, and and you're you're now working with them. What was the like? What was well, what, what was your how, concept and ideas? Here's how that happened. When I grew up and I went through, I had a program that program the Department of Rehab pays for disabled people to go to college. And they paid for me to go to college and I got a degree in journalism and I was a newspaper guy for a while. And then they eventually hired me to do a, a media spokesman for them. And then from the media spokesman job, five years later is when I went over to the social security program, came up with the idea for the benefits planning, got the direct executive director of that agency to support it. And we just took off from there. And, and not only do we get 300 people off benefits a year, but we also bring in anywhere between uh, 14 to 21 million in money back to Oklahoma in benefits that would have went out to these people. Wow. So, because, wow. Social, because Social Security says they would have paid out $7 and for every dollar they give us back. So, because nobody comes off benefits. So if I get a guy off social security and he, and he works enough for the check to stop, they reimburse Oklahoma for the money we spend to get him trained and all that. And then on top of all that, they also start paying taxes because they're working now. So it's, it's a true win-win. And Oklahoma is the best in the country at it. Okay, have you nationalized this? Yes. Uh, in 2012, Dr. Tom Coburn heard about this. I don't remember Senator Coburn, but he was a, a influential senator back then from Oklahoma. He called me to D.C. to explain how we did this, and then that's how other states heard about it, and I've been able to replicate the program in other states like Virginia, uh, Arkansas, Wisconsin. Kentucky. Now, are you, are you getting paid for this or are you doing this out of the kindness of your heart? No, I get paid. Good, good. <laughs> I do it for a living. Damn right, damn right. I'm very proud of that. Damn right, yes. But I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Social Security was a lot easier to work with when Trump was in office than they are now. Oh, I bet, I bet. They're very difficult currently. They're very difficult to work with. But they want to keep everybody on. Yes, they do. Absolutely. And Control. if you went on Social Security Disability, do you know they make you wait two years to get Medicare? Really? 
Yeah, because they're waiting on you to die. They want you to die before they give you Medicare benefits. Isn't that terrible? It's just awful. Just one more example of how you can't think of the government as your friend. (laughs) If you you find a program that can help you, like my program, use that program to help you, but get independent as soon as you can. You know, Oklahoma. President President Reagan said the 10 worst words is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Hard to argue. Hard to argue. But in Oklahoma, we're doing it right. I'll say that. I'm very proud. There's a lot of other states that would like to hire me, but I'll only do this in Oklahoma because if I get in a in a left in a left leaning state, it wouldn't it wouldn't go as well. I will consult with those states, but I want to remain employed in Oklahoma. Yeah. If 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 so, if, if there are some people from other states that want to get in contact with you, Jason. What what's one of the best routes to contact? Because I I I'm hoping to blow this uh, this episode up quite a bit. Well, there, just can, so more can, people will want to reach out to you. They can give me a phone call I'm at my office here four zero five five two two seven nine five nine, or they can send an email to jprice at ok like Oklahoma drs delta romeo sierra gov yeah we'll probably come back to that a couple different times so that people can get out a piece of paper stuff like that so that uh, they might catch it on the second third or fourth time around there but i'll come back to that a couple different times because i think that's something really really important that to to yeah, make people to make people independent to make people prideful so security claims that if you're disabled then you can't do any work in america if you're on disability benefits you're too disabled to work. So we are showing them how wrong they are because you can work. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at the sheer tax savings that that that, that what you what you're proposing right now for for what you're doing, getting people off of these welfare uh, of this welfare uh, system right there, and making them independent, making them more proud. Um, I mean, <laughs> Jason, do you, do, do you think? Do you think you could teach this to our leadership of this country? <laughs> Absolutely. But when I get the buy-in, I don't know if I would get the buy-in. From, <laughs> yeah. From, from, I, yeah. I, I think that's the word. We, we just have people that don't have the best intentions right now. But what, what you're saying right now, to me, anyone who, who, who believes that America should be believe, a believer in capitalism, because capitalism is what the United States stands for. We want to make products here. We want to be proud of the products we make. I mean, it's like the the automotive industry. At one point in time, you know, the United States had the top three major automotive uh, manufacturers that that were right here in the United States. And uh, Don knows how much I drive a vehicle. I even said, I go, Don, is there any type of an automotive company that we could go ever go after to see? Can can their automobile? Because you had automobiles from the '60s and '70s that would. Not many of them, but you'd still have automobiles that would reach that one million marker. That they've been on the road for over a million miles. Now, granted, tires have changed out and stuff like that, but that same engine is there. That same car right. is there because right. it used to be a, a vehicle that ha- that was built out of metal and it had components that weren't going to fall apart. It's like all these little circuits, 
you know, you get one little thing that goes wrong and you can't, you, can you fix the car anymore yourself? No. Right, you, right. You can't even, can't even find the engine because of all the electronic components that are all mismatched around right there. This circle went out. It's, it's, and if you see any kind of little, the most subtle of fender benders, the car is total because it's nothing but plastic. It's junk. And it's cheaper to, cheaper to total it than it is to repair it now. Sure, sure. What gets me is when I'll be out rolling, like say I'm going to lunch and I've had people, able-bodied people, hit me up saying, hey, do you have some money you can give me? And I always say, I'm in a wheelchair, man. Well, if I'm working, you should be working. You know, let's quit making excuses and let's get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Always, uh, always make them show me their teeth. You know, <laughs> see, see they're all cracked out and, you know, messed out. They have nothing left. Well, <laughs> I've tried to hand somebody my leftovers before and they never want those. No, 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 they're not that hungry. Yeah, they're right. starving. They're starving. They'll eat leftovers, you know. Right. So, uh, Jason, I had a different kind of program at my training facility after an athlete would, would be uh, delayed or, or wouldn't pay for a couple of months. I'd say, well, I tell you, what, why don't you come in on a on a, on a Saturday or Sunday, and and uh, do this thing called sweat equity? You're going to be paid basically what what whatever was the normal wage to be paid for just manual labor. You're going to be out there uh -huh. trimming hedges, raking leaves, things of this nature, and, and and literally they would be on their cell phones. I might go, no, you're on my time now. Put that cell phone in your vehicle. Put that cell phone back somewhere else. You got lunch break. You can you can take some some time. Time off at that at that time, taking it out of your lunch break, and these guys would be working, and they're like, by the by the time the day would end, if they last that long, they were like, they would be saying to me, you know, Dan, I would rather just pay you the money. I go, guess what? So <laughs> would I, because you weren't worth a tinker's dam in the first place working. You know, I wanted to fire you just because you weren't a good worker. Yeah, how many, you know, how many people? I tell people all the time, it's too much. You work harder not to work. You uh -huh. work so hard to get out of working. You know, I don't know why that mindset is so prevalent. You know, but but between my family and then also my love for sports, football, basketball, wrestling, you know, just, just learning the mindset of, you know, uh, quitting's a choice. You know, so I... I I, I want to fight. I want to get the most out of this life because, damn it, it's the only one I'm going to have. So there we go, you know. Yeah, well, I, again, as you said about the athletic mindset, I've seen all the various uh, pictures that you have behind you there with the different frames, with different people's names, jerseys, and numbers and stuff like that. So, yeah, you definitely look like you're a sports enthusiast, that's for sure. Yeah, well, my, dad and I, my, dad, my dad and I, who went on to have a very successful pipeline inspection company after welding, have gone to we've collected sports memorabilia my whole life essentially so this now that i'm divorced i made my whole house a man cave yeah, i see randy white's uh jersey and number up randy there white's back that, guy, that guy was such uh, a fantastic animal him and jack lambert you know oh yeah those they were are, my favorites they call then. randy the manster you know yeah. half man half monster so. He, 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 <laughs> the was so, he was so much fun to watch man he yeah. would just destroy people
We're just, we, I grew up a big Cowboys fan. So who was the other guy? Bill Bates. Is that the guy's name? Um, yeah, Bill Bates. Bill Bates. Bill Bates. Yeah, he was an animal too, boy. Yeah, he's around the corner on the wall there. About, about yeah, one number. What number was he? 40. 40. Yeah, I remember him. He was fantastic. He's always in on the tackle, him and White. I mean, White would be over here. I saw him run down. Run down a running back one time. I think I remember that game against the Eagles. I know the exact play you're referring to. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I really enjoyed that sport. And then when I found, of course, I also love to watch action movies and stuff. So, obviously, I thought karate guys were so tough. And then the UFC happened, and I learned that karate guys were wussies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on now. You be telling me that wax on, wax off. Is it gonna work for you? Or you, gonna, you know, <laughs> sweep yeah. the leg. Yes. <laughs> classic movie. Classic movie. You can't do much karate when you're on your back. <laughs> no. Well, again, you you live in a state like Oklahoma. Oklahoma is so rich in the amateur wrestling background. You both. Oklahoma school, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oh, I mean, for, for a while there, they it was it, the national championship title just was it being exchanged back and forth between one of those two yeah, schools. 70, I mean, 70, for probably 40 years. Away. Yeah, yeah, 70 yeah. yeah. I think OSU has 33, 34 national championships in wrestling. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I went to a lot of duels when my, uh, Brother-in-law was there and really, really learned to love it. Watching him, Charles, watching Mark Minos, Daniel Cormier, and all those guys. So, um, of course, Cormier just retired, and so he's more doing the booth stuff. But oh yeah, he he does a good job on on the mic, you know. I think he does. You know, he majored in uh in broadcast stuff. I think over at OSU. Oh, did he? He had that, he had that background. Well, that, that explains it. Then. <laughs> He's good well, on the stick. And, uh, I'd say that uh, that a lot of collegiate athletes now. I mean, the, the way that the college rules have changed. You know, uh, cur currently, uh, collegiate athletes can make money off of their likeness, off of their name. Um, I mean, literally, they can live the lifestyle of a professional athlete while going to college and getting a, a degree. So I, I'm hoping that more and more. Athletes are taking business type of classes so that they can help uh, help to know what to do and and also help to know how to save some money, how to invest some money. Right. So finance is one aspect, that, but uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. The only thing that worries me about the new college rules that transfer portal guys are changing teams every year now. Yes, and that's that's a little bit bothersome to me because. Coach says something you don't like, you switch to another school, you don't have to wait out or anything. So the transfer portal might be more harm than good. We'll see. No, I I I, I totally agree on you because it doesn't it doesn't give that uh, doesn't give that student any type of loyalty. I mean, when you have a, a college coach that puts invests a lot of time and effort into you to get you there and get you to that point that you are placing or you're winning an NCAA title or something like that, then all of a sudden another school that just happens to have a little deeper pocket to dip into going, you know, we can make it worth your while a little bit more. There is no penalty for switching from one school to the other school. Right. 
I'm worried about the same thing. Yeah. You know, when my littlest Ethan got about five, he wanted to wrestle so bad. Well, he thought it was fighting. He said, hey, I need to, Uncle Charles to find me someone to fight. I want to show how tough I am. So we found that he got, we got him in wrestling. And so I got to experience wrestling as a dad too. And that was something I'll never forget. He did wrestling and uh, submission grappling. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, he, yeah. he never, he did never did like to tap out either. He was tough in a two dollar state. <laughs> had that had that name Ethan Ethan Edwards, you know. That's a job right. name. That's your, you know. Yeah, Good. he he was tough. He was he, he always he never won embarrassed me. No, he, he never did. So yeah, I'm glad when I came up when I came up. And I think that led me a lot to where I am now. Well, tell us, tell us how your program works. Can you do that? Sure. So if you, if let's say I'm a guy that's on social security, I call up uh, our number there. And I say, Hey, I, I would like to try to go to work. And then we set them up with an application, set them up with a voc rehab office, which the voc rehab office helps them get whatever they need medically, like a wheelchair or schooling or anything like that. And then we also get them connected with one of my social security specialist counselors who counsels them about why they should work to their full potential. <clears throat> because guys, normally they come in, they say, what? I only want to make as much as I can without losing my social security. So we have to go, no, 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 no. You want to lose your social security. You don't want that ball and chain. So that's the hardest part because everybody comes in and says, now I'll work, but I don't want to lose my social security. So what, and then what? Yeah, they, don't under, they don't understand the freedom that comes along with a check. They don't, they do not because they're conditioned by yeah. the government. They've been conditioned by the government. We're seeing kids today where their mom and dad are on social security. So it's all they know. So. It's an uphill battle, but we're damn good at it. Oh, hell is there, is mm -hmm. there, go ahead, go ahead there, Mr. Fry. They're up to five generations on, on welfare now, you yeah. know, of the same family. I was on a, I was, <laughs> I was on a welfare committee once and I, they ran me off of it because I kept saying, these people just need to go to work. <laughs> and they, said, oh, they told me to get lost. <laughs> Jason, is there if, if if you were to start in this program, and let's say that you finally did get your independence, you did get off of Social Security net, and it was going good for you know, let's just say for a year or two that that you're you're independent, you're you're able to pull your own weight and things of that nature. But let's just say that maybe uh, your disease or whatever it, it, it progressed a little bit further to where it did kind of it, it did incapacitate you more to where you no longer can actually work. Can you can you be on it and then go off it, be independent for those few years, and, and yeah. actually make make some money and then, then go back onto it? Dan, that's a great, very astute question. And they say wrestlers aren't very smart; they're wrong. See, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, when you're on my program. And we get you to where you're completely off benefits. If something happened and you need to go back on, you have a five-year window to immediately get back on benefits. No questions asked. 
for five years. Okay. Now, after five years, you could go into an expedited reapplication. But for, you have a five-year safety net to go back on if you have something like that happen. But again, I think I think that's a great a great opportunity to simply know that five years because like what Don's saying that it's or actually what you said even earlier, the, the government's only going to give you just enough money to where you're you're right. at starvation, you're, you're you're barely existing. But if you can actually get a real job and, and, and you can Don make also up, said above that, something I wanted to speak on when he said they they you know they get we don't want to get somebody a job where they make a hundred bucks over their social security. Then they're going to lose their benefit, and they only, they only net a hundred bucks. We failed them in that regard. So we have to give people jobs that is the wages high enough that they can actually live a decent life. We don't want them to be making two hundred bucks above their social security check, because yeah. then, in my mind, we failed them. Yeah, because they don't get the uh, health benefits, then do they? Exactly. Right, and that's that's worth a lot more than the yeah. check. Well, well, again, the, the just the last couple of years alone, um, you know w- w- what has happened, Jason. You know, w- with all the whole COVID deal, we a lot of people oh, yeah. had to learn to work remotely. So I look at this that you could you could have some some uh, types of disabilities, and but you could have the freedom of knowing that I am still working out of the comfort of my own home. I have all of my comfort, creature comforts around me to where I can function better. I can feel better. And and and, uh, and, and like Don says, pants are still an option at this point in time. So, okay. Exactly. <laughs> I was even thinking the other day, why don't they hire some more people to be game or fight announcers because they can do it from home. Yes. You wouldn't have to fly them out there some of these smaller shows, you know, you can do something like that. Yeah, work from home has opened up so much, so much for so many. But we have so much work to do. There's uh, one in, I think one in five Oklahomans have a disability. So even though we're getting a bunch off, there's still so many people on benefits that we have to we have to convince because a lot of people see their benefit check as the holy, you know, as the pot of gold, and they don't want anything to mess that up. So we have to work hard and, and keep doing more and more to get people off benefits. And you know what else? The damn benefit program is going to run out of money soon. Yeah, yeah. And then what are they going to do? They're going to start slashing benefit checks. And yeah. then you're really going to see some stuff happen. Well, that was the thing when they when they devised Social Security, it was devised to where Congress was not allowed to touch it. But they went in there and they greedy right. palm in there anyways. You know, <laughs> they, they bankrupt it, and they're trying to blame everybody else. But it's Congress's fault, you know, and lack of professionalism and greed that they destroyed it. Otherwise, it would have worked good, you know. Yeah. Ponzi scheme now. Right. We've made we've made work and personal accountability dirty words in America. Yeah. And and we've got to change that. We've got to change that because otherwise America the government, the Congress is still going to use these programs to bankroll themselves. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi trading stocks inside and and you know, who knows how many billions Joe Biden is skimmed off the top 
Right. You know, so we've got a lot to turn around, but but we're still fighting. I thought for sure Don you could be jumping all, all over that right there because I could always I can't even hardly contain myself right now. <laughs> uh, you, you mean you know he gets what one hundred seventy five thousand dollars as a senator, one hundred eighty thousand one doesn't you know one hundred seventy five in the House of Reps, so it's probably you know maybe two say two hundred thousand as a senator, and you know then but he's worth millions. You know how does that yeah. add up? Even though yeah, he's been there for fifty years. You know, yeah. so the mathematical houses? equations don't, don't add up on that many, one whatsoever. How, how many houses does he own? He owns multiple. Yeah, mansions, not houses. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's not, let's not forget the classic Corvette, you know. Oh, the Corvette, <laughs> yeah. It has that invisible force field keeping everybody away from, from <laughs> the classified documents. With the yeah. documents inside, yeah. yeah. Top secret, yeah. But I'm hoping a certain man's going to come back in 24 and help get this thing lined out. Well, you know, he 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 scared the hell out of everybody who's in the in the deep in the deep uh, state. Deep state. You know, he scared the hell out of them, and that's why they're trying to keep him from running again. You know. That's right. That's right. So you know, I grew up in, in, a, in a another good thing about the way I grew up in Oklahoma is. I was never put into a separate class. I never did a special class. I never did anything like that. So I was always mainstreamed and measured against my non-disabled peers. And I'm so thankful for that because I want to I want to win. I learned how to win. I learned how to compete and win despite my disability. My my school was so small in Dover. The population was about 300 people in town. And my, and my school, my class had 17 people. So I was wow. right, in the, right in the thick of things, doing my best, scoring high, and the expectation stayed there. Shit. You know, and, and, you know, even to this day, my dad, you know, he's in poor health, but he's still, I love him, but he's still a teacher. Scariest guy I know, <laughs> because that—that's how I was raised. I was raised to have respect and have the right kind of fear, you know. And I'm very thankful for being raised that way. I think that's the American way. And the lack of fathers is really one of our biggest problems in America. Yeah, you know, I, I was my little boy was taken away from me in my divorce, and that was the worst thing. Could have happened to that young man. Because fathers, the court systems and everything else is are often anti-father. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bring fathers back. Yeah, yeah. They they want to tell you that only a woman can raise a raise a boy, you know. Woman can raise a boy, but she can't raise a man. No, oh, I know one, Rocco Ciotoli. You know, was my hands coach, you know, for while I was in pride, he was raised by his mom, you know, and his sisters, and he's a man, you know, everybody else I know, they're, they're just big boys, they're not men, you know, because right. they don't teach people, you know, they don't teach them to open up a door for a woman, you know, pull out the chair for a woman, you know, step aside right. or, you know, how you, how to properly treat her, exactly. knock exactly. somebody on their ass, yeah, Rocco, but Rocco learned that, you know, Rocco was from, Brooklyn, I think. 
the natural order in America has been disrupted. Yeah. And that's one of our biggest problems. Yeah, and people get rewarded for it. Yep. Yeah, you get rewarded for you get rewarded for removing the father. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll make your check higher. Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all this this uh single mother shit is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, that's that's a choice to be a single mother, is the way I feel about it, you know. Yep. I mean, you, you can straighten your shit up and keep your mouth closed, you know, and behave yourself and get a man, you know. Otherwise, you know, they just like to run their freaking mouths and cause problems and get the, you know, for the man. And yeah, and also make the son hate the father too. Right. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, I know, so many, I know so many divorce, so many divorced men who have been reamed, you know, by the court system. You know, because the the woman is poison poison the kids on the father. You know, because she's with them all the time. Amen. Absolutely true. Yep. Seven seven ain't saying a damn thing. It sounds like his wife's back there. Grab me by the snatch me by the ear. I heard this. So I I actually. What I what, what I was being abused about was I making like, wow I think you got way too many nouns and pronouns that you're throwing out there right now I don't I don't know if the the woke community will be very acceptance of this I mean of the <laughs> I mean you you you're, you're you're talking about traditional marriage of man and woman what about the he the the, the he she's and, and the she she's and, oh, the, man, and the he get, he's and the, <laughs> don't get me started on pronouns. Severin, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I heard that broom screech in the back there. You know, I know you. I'm, I'm just here staring at the pot here. I'm yeah, just staring at the pot here. <laughs> yeah, you ain't staring up too much. You're just, you're just out. Of, you're just out of range. You know? <laughs> Not me, honey. It was them. It was them, honey. I'm defending you. We don't want to find out what kind of submissions. Mrs. Chairman has. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, I have to say, it, it, it was Don talking, not me. It was Don. <laughs> I was trying to stop him. I didn't agree with any of it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't have to look very far to see. I mean, Joe Biden's got, they don't even care that he's got stolen documents. And they right. Trump, you're trying to indict Trump and they raid his house. Yeah, they're gonna raid Joe Biden's house, and they they bad mouth. He bad mouthed, uh, you know, President Trump so, so much, and then all of a sudden he's not saying a damn thing. The same thing with that, yeah, uh, piece, piece of garbage. Who, who who was Trump? President Trump's vice VP, you know, like Pence. Yeah, he he got caught. He was bad mouthing President Trump too, and now all of a sudden. He get caught with his hand in the cookie jar, you know? That guy, that guy, I don't trust that guy at all. Me either. He double crossed Trump, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Several times, several times. He's a deep state guy, my yeah. opinion. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And he's worse than that, too. Well, Jason, like let's it. let's run over the let's run over these numbers here yet again because some people, folks that uh, that want to get off of uh, disabilities and stuff like that want to want to live the American dream of actually. Uh, doing it for themselves. Let let's uh, run through it again. What was the phone number? What, what what's the email address that folks can actually uh, get in, in touch with you, especially if they live? And you said this only is offered in the state of Oklahoma. Well, before I before I forget, 
is it stuff they already know that you enhance or do you teach them a whole new um, job? Uh, Don, it could be either one. We evaluate the skills they have and see what may be transferable to a new or, or first profession. And then if they, if they need skills, then uh, we have book rehab counselors to help them get those skills. All right. so that's a great question. Sorry about that, Dan. No, 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 Don. Ex an excellent question right there. I, I, I did, did, did Quinn whisper in your ear? Just yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Okay. She answered, asked the question, you know. <laughs> She's been flashing the card, you know. All right, would, Jason, tell us, give us uh, an Jason, how much money can they make above and beyond uh, the check that they're getting from the government in order to motivate them to get off the, the check? You mean before the benefit stops? Yeah, no, 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 no. No, no. I, I, on the program, what you say is on the program that they're, they're at this baseline, but if once they get out the program, you you try to ask them how much over and above they can make. Correct. Correct. Okay. There's no Maybe. limit. Depends on what what skill they have, what they go into. If we send them to school, they become a a doctor. You know, they're going to make who knows how much. But you know, some people. We have people that could, they could end up in whatever job they have an aptitude for. You know, if we, if we see they have the ability to do something great, then we help them get there. So, there's so no is, there, is, it mostly, is it mostly non-physical jobs or is it also? Well, it depends on what their disability is. If right. their disability right. is, uh, is like mine, physical, then yeah, it would be not, we'd find them a non-physical job, but let's say they had uh, some sort of cognitive disability, then they may want to go toward a physical job. Yeah. There's hope for you, Severin. <laughs> and then if they're, if they're blind or, or deaf, then we can go that way, you know, so. Then the uh, air, air traffic controls out. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think we have any blind air traffic controllers that, I, that I'm aware of. I hope not. <laughs> Let me give you this 800 number that's so yes. nationwide. It's 866-882-4515. 866-882-4515. To call us directly and uh and get set up on the program or if you're in another state we can refer you to my counterpart in that state if there is one what's what states have your program well every state has a vogue program and not everybody has a social security program to go with it like oklahoma but virginia for sure uh kentucky uh, arkansas and, and uh wisconsin and others, but we can guide them no matter what state they're in. So don't let your state prevent you from reaching out to me because I'll work with you no matter what, because I want you to, to get where, where God wants you to go. And God doesn't want you to sit home and, and collect a check. I can promise you that. Yeah. With, 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 okay, the, the states that you mentioned there, uh... Jason, is uh, is one of those states that I mean, they've been doing the program a little bit longer, or that they, they might have had, have a little bit more success, like between Wisconsin states, or West Virginia or Oklahoma, or the states that I mentioned are states that I worked with personally to set okay. up my same program. Other states have 
something somewhat similar. It just won't be as intense as mine. Mine is unique because it's very focused on people who are on benefits. You see, the, the states will work with any disabled person because even when you're not, you say they're not disabled enough to be on benefits, but they're still disabled, then they can still go through some of these programs. But I only want to work with the people on benefits because those people are the one drawing the government check that's pulling down the, the disability roles and taking away cash that people will need later. So I want people that are on benefits to get off benefits. And not just for that reason, but for their own damn mental health and feeling of, of pride, of pride, yeah. worth well, pride. Jason, just like you said, just, just in the last two years of people sitting at home because of the COVID, look at, when they, they, when they look at how the mental instability has risen, how more and more many people have had, you know, spousal fights, how many more children are, you know, not, not developing correctly. I mean, there, there are so many deficits to sitting at home and doing nothing, you know. Mrs. Severin has taken away his belt um, several times throughout the COVID uh, scare and beating <laughs> with it. So. <laughs> I, I've got the welts to prove it too. Okay. Because the UFC hit on the back of the head. <laughs> what I like to say is this I like to say, hey, if you'll work with me, I'll help you answer question number two. Question number one is, what's your name? Question number two is, what do you do for a living? Well, I help you answer that second question. Because if you're mean a beautiful woman, you don't want to say, I sit on my ass and collect the government check. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. go far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can buy you one drink, sweetheart. Then yeah. It's on you. <laughs> right. A well, a well whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the cheapest whiskey you got. Uh, <laughs> I got some moonshine out in the trunk in my truck. <laughs> trunk in the truck. It ain't all there, Emma. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right, there, Dad. That's okay. Oof. See, I, I drive a, I drive a truck. You know, I saw Severn. I thought trunk. You know, uh, so I'm I'm trying to blame Severn on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. Well, no, this uh. Jason, I, 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 everyone should know about the program that you run, especially anyone that lives inside the state of Oklahoma should be aware of you and this program that you run right there because I, I just think it's fantastic. I think it's, uh, again, you're giving people their independence back. They've got the potential of earning well more than what they have on, uh, on this government subsidizing type of program that, that they're getting this welfare check. And uh, knowing that... It gives them a whole lot more self pride in what they're doing, and, and they can earn way more than this little existence. You know, are barely surviving, barely eating. So I think it's a great exactly. program that you have going. Please reach out and also tell, call your representatives, call your congressmen, and tell them you want programs that put people at work. You don't want programs that create more tax burdens. You want more programs like what Jason's doing in Oklahoma, which is creating taxpayers. So who do you call your state congressman or your national congressman? I would start national. You would start national? I would because more states need to get involved with this and, 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 and work my way down. 
but but either one, just get the word out there that America wants their representatives to go back to working for them. Yeah. What we want is people to pull their weight. So so anybody in any state right now, they could just call their uh, call this national representative. I mean, what? Okay, national representative of what? National representative of their Congress. Congress or senator. Okay, there's okay. You so know, look you up go. your address, pull up your center and say, hey, you know, there's a guy in Oklahoma that's running a program that's giving people off social security. Why aren't we doing that in in Colorado? Or why aren't we doing that in Arizona? Or why aren't we doing that in you know California? We know why they're not doing it in California. Because they're, <laughs> they're a month, well, you know what? Don't speak English. <laughs> yeah, but 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 at the same token, how how can anyone afford to live in California anymore? I don't know. I mean, I don't it's. Know. Well, I got a buddy. I got a buddy of mine, and his his electric bill is six thousand dollars a month over there he, for and his house. Is, for his house. Wow, and I bet he still has to do with brownouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure does. Yeah, and, uh, he, and he's got water bills, and you know, on top of that, you know, and state property tax and all that shit. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we talked. We talked about in the beginning. My dad told me as a young kid that a man who won't work ain't worth a pinch of shit. But yeah. he also told me that can't never could. Can't never could. So if you tell yourself you can't do something, you'll never do it. But if you tell yourself you can do something, you'll get it done. Yeah. That's again, Jason, what you're talking about is persuasion of the mind right now, because there's a lot of people that they continue to doubt themselves and that attitude. You can wire yourself positively and you can wire yourself negatively. If you yeah. keep doubting and doubting and doubting, you will never try. Simply that word of simply try to do exactly. something, try to better yourself. Just getting your butt out of bed a little bit earlier to try to go and, and do more things. So hey guys, I got to go see a man about a horse. Yes. Well, well, okay. <laughs> well, well, Don, I, I'm going to wrap up here with uh, okay. Jason. Okay. So right. again, I, 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 I do. I was actually, I, I, I'm proud of you, Don. You must be wearing an extra pair of depends here today. Yeah, extra pair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could real quick, I also want a politician to know that we need to talk about disabled people because we are the real oppressed people. We spend so much time talking about people who are oppressed because of their race or their gender or any of those things. Being truly disabled is what's actually oppressive. Right. right. Nobody talks about that. All well, we talk about is people's well, skin color, people's gender, people's sexual preference. We need to talk about disabled people. Right. We really are out here fighting for crumbs. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jason, I really enjoyed uh, tonight's conversation, and I know Don has ha as, as well. Let's let's plan on bringing you back yet uh, on a different episode, and we'll, talk, go we'll, we'll, we'll go into that whole category right there. But before we sign on off, I want to give you the floor one more time. If you are out there, and, and especially if you live in the state of Oklahoma, and you're looking to get off of uh, the government welfare system right there, you need to contact Jason here himself. And Jason, please give them the phone number or the email or both. Give me a call, 866-882-4515. And I'll guide you through the process about starting a lifetime 
of employment and giving up a burdenous government check that is really just a shackle on your life. Jason yes. Price. Jason Price. Everybody remember. Perfect. Okay. And then and now I'll, I'll go into that concludes another episode of Toxic Masculinity. Thank you for all for tuning in. If we happen to offend somebody here tonight, well, too bad because yeah. still in America, it's a it's a freedom of speech. You can choose to watch us or not. That is your choice. We we are here just to speak our mind and we're here to try to help people shake you a little bit, wake you up. And, uh, you know, as my father used to say, wake up, son, and die right, you know. So we're trying to help people to do the right thing. And Jason, I think you're doing a fantastic job here in the state of Oklahoma. You're okay in my book. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.